Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Good morning. It's five minutes after nine. Hawk Fanatic is brought to you by Deary Brothers Ford on Mormon Trek in Iowa City. Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's E-Keys for Cars. Supel's Building and Remodeling, 1-800-800-ROSE, the Midtown Family Restaurants, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers in downtown Iowa City, Premier Automotive, hit a deer called Premier, the Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas, Streets Maintenance, and Dr. Lance Forbes and his great crew at Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. I'll be going up there next month for a six-month checkup. Tom Suter, Pat Hardy here for Hawk Fanatic. How's it going, Tom? Pretty good. So uh, you're in shirt sleeves. I just <laughs> you're like it's going to be above freezing. It's above zero. <laughs> it, it feels great. You know, it's nice and warm in it here. It is nice and toasty in here. Yes. And I have my big coat. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Yesterday, Tom Heath walked in here um, after he got his car finally dug out. Walked in in shirt sleeves. No, no coat or nothing. It was still pretty cold. It was. Yeah, he goes, oh, it's warm in the car. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, I understand that. You know, walking from a warm car to a warm building, there's yeah. 15 seconds where you might get cold, and that's not that big of a deal. That's true. That's just me. So uh, did you, uh, let's, uh, let's get into the hot fanatic, shall we? Pat yeah. Hardy is here. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Um Good game last night. Uh, were you you were there, right? Oh yeah, I was not. Yeah, Susan. Was, oh, Tom. Yeah. yeah, Susan was there for Hawk Fanatic. It was um, a, a blowout, well, as anticipated. Wisconsin's not very good. No, they got a, a great center, and that's kind of it. And a team like that's just not going to stand a chance against Iowa. Uh-uh. I mean, Iowa like didn't, Iowa didn't uh-uh. play very well in the first quarter. No, they didn't. I they think it was a, only we had like a four point yeah, lead or so, something. But, mm-hmm. But they still won by forty six. So, <laughs> think they. And Adam's going to call in at nine fifteen. Adam Halos oh, oh, roughly good. around there, and so we'll talk men's and women's hoops with him, and of course the football announcements yesterday. I mean the Phil Parker one. That's, I mean you got to do that. I mean it's yes, a significant it's, raise, but absolutely. I interpret that maybe as being some other schools were maybe hey Phil you want to. Well, 
pony you, up you, a couple you're interested million in coming you. you want to come down and be our coordinator for two million or something i mean who knows i mean a lot of schools are going through coaching chat who knows maybe who knows maybe Kalen DeBoer reached out to him after he got the Alabama job said you want to be my coordinator you don't you just don't know you don't he know. deserved a raise regardless the amount of raise though makes me wonder if they were those defensive if Kirk just saying yeah. hey no we'll spend money to keep these guys Seth Wallace too I've heard he could have left last year for places it is going to be an odd setup though to have the assistant head coach not be a coordinator and be probably the fourth highest paid member of the staff that's unusual and you don't have a lot of places where – do you recall Iowa ever having an assistant head coach in football? No, I don't. Uh-uh. And it's just odd. I'm not, And odd doesn't mean I'm criticizing it. It's just an odd setup sort of. But maybe this was their way of keeping Seth too. Maybe some other schools wanted absolutely. Seth to go and be their coordinator. And they were going to pay him a million a year. And Kirk's like, I don't want to lose you. you. You do a lot of good for us. And maybe Phil Parker didn't want to be the assistant head coach. That's he's, who knows? There's so many ifs ands or, but it is. It's out there, and of course, people use this as, as an, a more reason to criticize the coordinator search since they got this done before the coordinator. But I, like I said, I don't interpret that as good or bad. How long the, it's just it, this is just it. It's Kirk. This is the way Kirk usually operates. I don't. A lot of people are wondering if he's pissed and he's just taking as long as he can. What, he's going to sabotage the yeah, same program ridiculous. he's going to keep coaching for? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. And I did see Football Scoop has – they're saying that Chris is no longer – I mean, Chris, like I said, he's been in and out. According to the rumor mill, he's been in and out of this every other week. It seems like he is a candidate. Now he's not. He is. He's not. I mean, there's so much – information that's being out there and so much misinformation and so much misinformation there's a lot of stuff out there being said but there's really nothing of substance no there hasn't been and but the release did say the last sentence was that an oc announcement will be made sure i think don't you think it'll be this week I mean, uh, we're running out of days if, I, mean, if I had to guess i would say that maybe kirk had planned to have it when he made the other staff announcements maybe Possibly. he thought that that paul was going to take the job and then Went the other way. Maybe, Maybe. I, I I doubt that. But it's speculation. That's of course. I, yeah, I don't think that because then he could easily have hold off. Okay, well we'll just wait a few more days before we announce mm-hmm. these things and coordinate it with the. High. I think he may want to do them separate to give the coordinator mm-hmm. uh, center stage, what have you. Um, but like I said, I I mean, the name that's being mentioned now is the coordinator from UNLV. A lot, and I thought about that. I mean, according to the process, you What's have his to name Marion. Marion, you have to interview at least one minority coach. Maybe he's the coach Kirk interview. Who knows? And somehow um, that got out there. I haven't seen anything substantiated though, and it's all speculation. Because I mean, according to the process, you got to interview at least four coaches, one minority, don't you? Yes. So I'm guessing Philbin and Chris were probably two that at least had informal discussions about this job. And now the Chris thing, I didn't read the football scoop story. I saw it. Did you read it? Uh, yeah. Because um, the BadgerNotes.com thing happened. They've been saying he's been out for two weeks. I mean, there's speculation about why Chris didn't take it. Um, I've seen di- diff- different rumors. Um, what's, what's some of the ones you've seen? Well, the one that seemed really plausible to me, or one of them, is his wife said, look, don't want to move up to Iowa for a year or two and then move on again. Don't want to do it. Assuming he would move on. Where's he going to go? I don't think I, 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 maybe I'm wrong. I don't think Paul Christ is in huge, huge high demand, or he wouldn't be an advisor at Texas. I think I think his reputation accurate. took some shot. It, oh, sure it, it took yeah. a beating by failing to win at Wisconsin. And I'm not saying he couldn't get jobs. Don't get me wrong. That might be part of it. I I don't know. I've just wondered though if 
let's say Kirk ultimately chooses Philbin over Chris. The one thing I could see that separated him is that Philbin, I think, would be here for the duration of Kirk's time left here. Because Philbin's 62 years old. I mean, I could see him another two to four years here. Kirk, they go out together. Yeah. That could be something that's a, But I'm, like I said, I'm just speculating. I, I don't know. The other thing is, is I think Paul Chris wants to be a head coach. Yeah, I think he does, but I, I mean, I mean, he tried to get. Uh, you think a power? Uh, you think a high up Power Five program is going to hire Paul Chris right now? Uh, no, I don't either. So Paul may have to take a step, and I maybe. But he turned down, evidently turned down Northwestern. According to who? I, I mean, like according to lots like lots of people, like yeah, but lots of lots, lots of people is. You're talking message boards and Twitter. You're not talking legitimate news sources. I haven't. No, read. no legitimate. Yeah, see, news I, not to be dismiss all those people, but there's a huge difference between reality reporting and just stuff that's on message boards and and, and Twitter, social media, and Facebook, and whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, true. and I just, I'm not sure if Chris. He's going to have to maybe do something again. But I'm also wondering if Chris and his wife and their family sat there and said, you know, this is too big of a risk. To try to repair this offense yeah, at this stage. Well, that, that's out there too. And you could end up going down with the ship. And yeah, yeah, you could. You combine with him failing at Wisconsin at the end, and then coming here, and let's say he has two just dud years at Iowa. That he'd be he'd be pretty much done. Yeah. So I mean, there 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 is a risk for someone like him. Whereas Philbin, I don't. Philbin to me, if it doesn't work out for him for two, he just retires. Yeah, you know, and um, well, and Paul's got enough money to do just that. Oh, well, I'm sure they both. But he's pretty young. I mean, they both do. Philbin's been in the NFL for 20 years. Yeah. Imagine how I mean, he's a head coach for two teams. Philbin's probably he's probably a multi. They're both oh, multi-millionaires. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think at this stage they're motivated by money. I think they're motivated more by opportunity and what it could lead to, just as far as their legacy. They're both, I would think, financially. I mean, Chris was the head coach there for years. Yeah, he was a head coach at Pittsburgh. He's been making millions for. A, Dec- um, over a decade, he should and have plenty of money. And he's got an eleven million dollar buyout yeah, from Wisconsin. He he's should fine. have plenty of money. <laughs> so, but still, you want to market yourself. You, you, it's not like he's going to say, "Well, yeah, I'm set for life, Kirk. I'll be your coordinator for five hundred thousand. No, you get what you can. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's business, and I get that. So, but yeah, I um, I, I keep thinking maybe it'll come out this week. But like I said, today's Wednesday. But you know, that's three days. It's going to be just. It's it's going to be just like those announcements yesterday. Boom, it's out there. I didn't see anything about these changes coming on the staff. Did you see anything no, on message? Uh, there's uh, speculation I mean, that Copeland Parker. wasn't going to be bad. Oh, that one I've seen, but I'm talking about the the Parker. I mean, the Parker raise, I just think everybody is. I figured he would get at least a 300. What was he? He got almost 600,000, didn't he? Or Wasn't he making one three? Or one he was four. making around one three or one four. So now he's one nine. He's got almost a half a million dollar raise, but it's deserved. But I also think partly this is to fend off other, mm-hmm. other schools. And that's the uh, that is the financial climate that we're in right now in college football, and mm-hmm. it's it's white hot money. My my um, guess is the new coordinator will make. I'm going to guess around one five. Not mm-hmm. going to make as much Probably. as Phil. I wouldn't think. I think you're right. I wouldn't think he would make as much as Phil. We have uh, Adam. I believe so. Hello, Adam. Hey, good morning, guys. How hey, you doing, good Adam? Good morning. Stand warm. 
Oh, boy, I'm ready for spring. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it's mid-January. Hey, it is going to be in the 30s next week. Do you know what that's going to feel like? Yeah. When, like I said to you, the, the heat wave. Well, I said to Tom, coming in today, four feels a lot. It was minus 13 when I came in here on Monday. Today, it's four. Oh, you can feel the difference. You really can. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still four degrees, but... All right, well, Adam, let's let's um, let's just dive right into. It. We haven't had Adam for a while. Let's, I guess let's start with the women's game last night. I mean, it's funny they overcame a sluggish start, a poor first quarter, and won by forty six. Your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got uh, Wisconsin's number. Yes. I mean, how many does that make? That twenty nine. Twenty nine. Twenty nine straight. I'm way off. Yeah, it's that's impressive. I don't care any any team, but um, yeah, we certainly have their number, and they're playing well right now. I mean, I. I, I kind of chuckle. It, it seems like we still, uh, for whatever reason, there's pundits and coaches and you know people out there that kind of try to take us down a little bit or put us below a notch. We just uh, we've won some nice games here and really played some some pretty good teams. So I'm excited to to see where we're at at this part of the year. And again, the the one lone team that beat us. Um, we ended up beating them a couple weeks later. So the girls are, are playing really well right now. Well, and they're Kansas State's the top 10 team. They've only lost one game, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, no, they're having yep. a really – no, that is a that is not a bad loss at, bad loss at all. I, it's interesting, though. There's not a lot of Big Ten teams ranked, are there? No, no. Ohio State, Iowa. So that kind of hurts Iowa in the fact – Indiana. I still think they're beating good teams, but none of no, – like Michigan State's not ranked. Is Michigan ranked right now? Michigan's not ranked. Michigan State got some votes. But it's not ranked, though. But it is not ranked. See, and I, I think there's a lot of parody. I, mean, I do. Kind of the, we're seeing it in the men's group, in the men's divisions too, right? With mm-hmm. um, with some of the the teams jockeying for right. You know, clearly, I think Purdue is probably one of the best teams, but they've been knocked off a couple times, and there's just a lot of parody out there right now on, on any given night. Um, just like in the girls, I, I think. Anybody can beat anybody. Well, you saw it last night. Penn, Penn State. State beating uh, Wisconsin. Penn State's decent. They are. They Penn State. They're nine and nine now. They're three and four in conference play. They're not a bad team. I mean, they built. They they were saying they built that roster in like fifty five days after he took over. Have you seen them play at all, Adam? Yeah, a little bit. I I agree. I mean, it's uh it's a turnaround, and those guys. You know, just uh, to kind of get back to 500, you just never know. And this is a whole second half of the year once school kind of gets back up and going and. You get the Big Ten play really. Uh, we're in the heart of it. I, a lot can shake loose here, especially for a team like Penn State. Yeah, I mean they've got veteran players from other schools. That coach did a good job at VCU, and they're they're decent. And they to me seem typical of. They're kind of like Iowa in a lot of ways. I think Iowa's pretty good. I want to. I mean Owen Freeman. I mean, I'm not comparing him to Luca Garza, but he's having a Luca Garza freshman like season. I mean, maybe even a little better. And he can do some things that even Luca couldn't do. He's not the shooter Luca is, but what are you? Just your thoughts on Owen Freeman? I mean, he is the real deal. Yeah, he's big time, and I think a lot of it starts with just how hard he plays. Yeah, just um, like Luca. Yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome to see a freshman come in and just bang and and hustle and scrap and you know he's doing all the little things, and then that ends up you know just like the other night, he only played 17 minutes, but he had 12 points and he yeah, had eight, eight rebounds. Rebound. Yep. Yeah. He's a great rebounder, and it's really nice to see because that's, of course, an area where Iowa hasn't been very good. He's a great offensive yeah, rebounder. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's got a knack for getting those balls on the offensive end. Well, so, and, and, and I think we, we talked about this before and, and just sentiment around town and, and, you know, people just, hey, you know, the women are getting a lot of attention. 
the men are kind of a sleeper. They're, they're super yeah, yeah. young. I and, agree. And I think if you look at the the future of Iowa basketball, I mean, we've got a we've got a lot of really good talent in there. And obviously, we're going to lose a couple guys um, that are seniors. But the future's bright. I mean, we got a really strong foundation, especially in a world where everybody's relying on this transfer portal that doesn't always work out. Fran's always been a four-year, get mm-hmm. these guys in, build them up. So I, I like what uh, I like what we've got. I really do. And I think guys like Owen Freeman and Harding and, you know, Dembele, I mean, the future's definitely bright. Well, and I'm not saying they will, but Perkins and Patrick both have another year if they wanted to come back. True. So, true. Yep. like I said, neither one has said what they plan, but I agree with you. And I, and I think the Big Ten, I'm not knocking it. I think it's solid. I don't think there's a lot of great teams in the Big Ten this year. There may not be a great team. I'm not convinced Purdue's a great team. This game is huge, and you see some of the Iowa players asking on Twitter if they need fans there. It's, what is it, 1 o'clock Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. That's yep. a perfect time for a game. Hopefully that arena is rocking. I mean, Adam, they were 0-3. We in the media and a lot of people, oh, this team's done. It's toast. It's a, Fran, I mean, he's just like Kirk. It's in the moment. Just you, The only thing you can do is deal with the next challenge up. That's how you deal with this stuff, right? When you're in a big grind like this, you can't get too up or down. And now here they are three games later, they're three and three. Yeah, it, we've, we've always talked about that hole. We kind of, every year it seems like we dig ourselves mm-hmm. before uh, Christmas break in the Big Ten, but... You can't ask for a better start. I mean, three wins in a row in the conference. You've got a number two team in the country coming in uh, Saturday. That uh, again, it, it, they are beatable. beatable. I don't think we we match up very well with them. But you know, you look at the last couple of games that you know they've gotten beat. Teams have shot it well on them. Yes, if we can hold them to you know forty three, forty four percent, kind of like what Northwestern Purdue did from the field, and and we can knock down some threes. I mean, both those games they got beat. Those teams shot it well from the perimeter, um, and I'm guessing the size and ED down low kind of you're not going to get a lot of paint points. But if you can shoot it well, and we get the guys that can do it, you know anything can happen, and that, that could be a huge win for this team. I think three point shooting. I, I mean, you can say this about any yeah, game, but especially in this game because they're really hard to beat when Braden Smith and the lawyer kid. And Lance Jones, when they're making threes, they're really hard to beat, of course, with all the other stuff. But so is Iowa when Iowa's yep. making threes. Yep. So I think three-point shooting is going to be big. Turnovers, I think, are going to be big. And I think it really – I think Iowa needs to get off to a good start. Don't you guys, too, to get whatever – you think there's going to be 10 to 12 there Saturday? I do. I do, too. I, mean, I do, too. Yeah, I think, I think part of the – I mean, obviously those that are around the area, this weather's been not friendly. No. And just the, the times and, and when it's hit um, – Although the women, well, that's it. <laughs> for what they had uh, coming out on Saturday. Now, granted, it was a, it was a weekend; it was Saturday, but that was impressive. The uh, the crowd. That, the women that is came a freak show, though. I mean that it complimentary. Is. The women's a freak show. This is something we'll never see again. And last night, you know, it was below zero, and it was nasty. And that place was almost full. It's like the Beatles are playing every 18 times at Cobra Rock Arena. That's kind of what it seems like. I mean, I mean, and it's all because of the team, of course, but we all know it's the, it's the Caitlin Clark effect. Yeah. And it's, and I going back to her, there was one I wanted to ask you. I'm not sure. Have you seen some of the, some of the social media comments by like Don Staley and um, what's yeah. her name? What's the Kim Mulkey. Mulkey. Kim Mulkey. Just your thought. I mean, I said on Monday, I just think they're better than that. They've got so much to focus on and with their own accomplishments. Why lower yours? It just seems petty and just jealous. Yeah, I, I think part of it might be a little bit of just, again, pettiness and, and jealousy. She's doing so much to revolutionize this game in, in, in a good way. Yes. Right? The amount of young girls and, and people, I, I think I talked about it too. I was at an AAU event this summer for a couple of my kids and 
you know, there's teams from all over, and they were asking what team, you know, this was in Iowa. Oh, do you know Caitlin Clark? Or all the kids were like, this team's from Iowa, you know, like around the Iowa City area. It's amazing to see um, just what she's done for the game and the attention that, that she's brought to women's, you know, sports and particular women's basketball. So I don't know how anybody can be upset about it. I don't now, get it. Are we getting a lot of media attention and everything? Absolutely, but but they're eighteen and been, one. I know it, it, it's. I mean, and, and look what they did last year. I mean, they knocked off a really good South Carolina team. Almost ended up winning the entire the entire thing. Um, and again, I always go back to it's with homegrown talent, and a lot of these girls are Midwest people. Yeah, yeah. Grown up and, and been at Iowa for all four years. We don't have a lot of transfers on the team, like some of these teams, how they're built. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why she gets criticized like she does. Um, you know, and, and again, in Iowa, we don't have a lot of other professional sports teams that we're competing against. So she's very marketable and speaks very well of herself, the team, the university. So I'm, I think everybody's kind of seeing it. It's kind of sour grapes at this point. Yeah. They, uh, they need to concentrate on their team and, and, you know, whatever ends up happening postseason. But she's, uh, she's been special for us, and I – Again, I think she's the the hot ticketed, and she wins. Not to watch a game that she's playing in, and she wins. I mean, these numbers are great, but if these numbers were accumulated over the, let's say they maybe made the tournament two out of the three years she's been here, early exits, hovering around five hundred and come, she wouldn't be near the star she is. The numbers couldn't do that. I don't think. But winning is winning, and the numbers and and how we've been winning. Yes, I mean she's you got to win. I mean you have to win to be a superstar. Don't you agree? Adam? Yeah, you know, how to win and, and the big shots that she's taking. Yeah, that's and the other thing, yes. I think the other thing, too, is as a team, these kids look like they have fun. I shouldn't say kids or, um, yeah. you know, women. But they uh, the, the game that they play and the, the energy, and, you know, you see it in Carver or even on the road, they truly love playing with each other. They do. You know, and, and for and, Lisa. Yeah, and it's – I think that's one thing that's – again, it's contagious watching them. You, you get excited and you want to watch and be a part of that. So – that's the secret sauce. I mean, in some of these other teams and programs, that's how you build it. And Lisa and Jan and the entire staff, have they've done it right. And we're kind of reaping the, the benefit of being able to watch this and experience this because it, it is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime team that we've got here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was great last night. Uh, A.J. Ettinger got her first real minutes this year. And there was one move where she had, she had a drop step and then spun and, and laid it in. Is she a center or uh, yeah. forward? She's, well... Kind of uh, FC, she's okay. six two, I think. Okay. But she, it was just a beautiful move, and you could see Jan Jensen was just delighted. Well, it'd be great <laughs> if she could emerge. They yeah. need help at the center they position. Do. They, they do. do, especially with Hannah being her. Yeah, what's Hannah's status? Um, I, I think basically it was more precautionary okay. from what I've seen than and anything And I think else. you think the opponent had something to do with it? No knock on Wisconsin. I, I hate but, to say that, but, but sure, it's big of course. time sports. They can take it. So of course. But no, you're right though, Adam. And I think the when you look at all the superstars like LeBron James, Michael Jordan, um, Tom, what set them apart was winning. And Caitlin has done so much winning she, since she's yep. been here. That's why that loss in the second round to Creighton was so devastating. But didn't Iowa get to the Sweet 16 or freshman year? They did. Yeah. So they Kentucky. Yeah, and you know, so they've done a Sweet 16 and a Final Four in two over three years. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Adam, I've asked you that. I don't know if I've asked you this before, but I've mentioned this. I think when you look at Caitlin's game, all the all the attributes she has, how important do you think the fact she's six foot with long arms? How do you think that helps her? 
I think it's a, a huge benefit. Um, but I think her IQ too is just. Oh no, I get you. That, her vision, yeah. But no, if she was it, five it, eight, it, if she was five eight or five nine, would she be the same player? I think it's. I mean, it's definitely tougher, you know, to get some of those shots off, and you know, you can see as she comes in and rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sneaky, quick, and athletic. I mean, that's the other thing too. You look at some of these really good guards that's defending her. Her ball handling is so good and so yeah. tight. It's hard for them to to really. I mean, even if they want to get up and on her, she can go around them. And a lot of times, look how many right-handed layups she gets, where she just kind of sneaks through the defense. She and, does, you know, flips them up. She's just got such a good game about her. I I think these teams are trying to figure out. Right? Do you face guard her? What do you do? Now you got Gabby that's knocking down shots, and Molly had a huge game, and. Hannah's just, you know, she's been running the floor well and finishing. I mean, we've got a got a really good team that you can't just concentrate on one player. Kate Martin's had a great year. Um, so she gets a lot of the attention, but a lot of these other girls have really stepped up too. So And, and I think we're going to need them when we get the yeah. postseason oh, play. Yeah. Exactly. Gabby and, you know, Kate, everybody's got to come in ready. We're going to have to have some guys really, uh, some gals step up and make some shots. How big? Yeah, because Caitlin can't do it herself, no. no matter how good she is. No. How, how big do you think it is, too, that she's a right-handed player, and obviously she uses both hands great, but her power go-to three-point move is a fadeaway going to her left. A bra- dra- That's just when you're defending. I mean, you know, Adam, back in my day, so many people, if they were right-handed, man, they were right-handed. Now you see way more going both directions, but she's – most right-handers, were you more comfortable shooting a three going a dribble to your right or to your left? I'm just curious. Left, yeah. It's you're harder, more if you're comfortable right, going if, to your if left. You're, if you're right-handed and you're, you're, you're going right, it, your momentum is kind of carrying you, you know, as you go to shoot and line up, it's carrying you further right. So it, for me, it was always tougher. See, for me, left, it was just the opposite. Kind of, you can kind of put that natural fade to it, and as you're going left, you're, you're still able to kind of focus in and, um, but she's got the step back move too. That's what makes it even more. Yes, it's a step can, back. It's a step mm-hmm. side and step back going to her left. It's incredible. And it's indefensible. Yep. It was weird when I played. I always felt I had not near as much power on my shot when I would take a dribble to the left. But I was almost all strictly right-handed too. That's why I couldn't play at the call. I, I couldn't do. I could hardly use my left hand. You know, and she's just, that's to me the biggest difference in youth basketball today as opposed to when I was growing up. I mean, you go to a lot of youth basketball stuff, Adam, your kids play. It seems like you're taught to use both hands a lot earlier. Now, in my day, if you were right-handed, you survived a lot of times on just being right-handed. How big is that emphasized in youth basketball now? I mean, yeah, you've the left hand or offhand, whatever Offhand, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think from a young age, it's, you got to be able to finish both ways. I mean, even with my young kids, I'm like, you've, there is no if you're left hand side you've got to you got to develop it, mm-hmm. um, and I think too the game has changed. I was telling uh, somebody like a week ago, all these kids they can shoot from deep. I mean, when you and I were in school, uh, Pat, I, I don't even think in middle school a three point shot counted. Well, I'm going to really age myself, Adam. In. Adam, we didn't have the three point shot when I was in high school. <laughs> That's how old I, they 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 brought it in the year after I graduated. And when I was in high school, it was set shots. They didn't have baskets. They, they, they were just weren't they just like the laundry baskets? Peach baskets. Peach baskets. <laughs> but no, they they I graduated in '82. '82, '83 was the year they I believe they implemented the three point shot in Iowa high school ball. Yeah. So, yeah, you're and, right. Well, and, and and even when they had it, like for me, you didn't. It didn't count. Like in middle school, like if I would have shot a three pointer, mm-hmm. which it was really kind of frowned upon. It's like percentage wise, you're so much better off getting a mid range jumper or yes. something towards the basket. Now these kids, 
they can go both ways. They can shoot it, step back. They've got, you know, three points in their, I mean, there's kids as young as third, fourth grade. I mean, they're, it's nothing for them to shoot a three point shot. And so the game has definitely changed. And you look at like what Caitlin's doing. I mean, you see what kids are trying to mimic and yeah. it used to be, I mean, it, we always called it the the heat check. I mean, if I'd have shot a, a deeper three, a couple feet behind the three point line and it did not go in, I was going to hear about it. Now, high school, middle school, some of these kids are shooting three, four, five feet behind the three-point line, and there's no even thinking about it. I mean, it's just they've got the range to do it, and watching somebody like Caitlin, these these kids are figuring it out that, hey, I can can do that too, and they're shooting those kind of shots and practicing from deep. It seems like in my day basketball was played inside out. Now it's played outside in. Does that make sense? Yep. Exactly. There's there's not a lot of true post kids anymore, like even in – Boys, or uh, it's kind of positionless basketball. A lot of five-out cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might have some taller post players, but a lot of them want to hang out on the perimeter and shoot threes and you know one-on-one style, get to the rack. But there's not true centers anymore like uh, when we were growing up. I wanted to ask, um, of course, Fran McCaffrey. Congratulations on becoming Iowa's all-time winning a spins basketball coach. I thought it was a pretty cool moment when he got emotional. When he after the on the post game with Steve, yeah, and you could tell what it means to him and what Dr. Tom means to him. That's a worthy accomplishment. And Adam, I wanted to ask you. Somebody brought up to me, and it might have been Rob Howe, said that the way Dix played the other night in these last two games reminds him of you a little bit. Do you see any of that? No, I think he's got some similar traits. I I I love his floor presence. I mean, he can do so much more than I think he does. Mm Hmm. And I don't know if he's just trying to figure out, you know, how does he fit into this offense or, but I, you know, I hear in practice, he's one of the just hardly ever misses mm-hmm. knockdown shooter. And you're starting to see you it. Know. Yeah. And, and I think with that confidence, we need him to come in and make shots and, you know, get to the basket, that mid range game or pull up game. He's got, those are great shots. Yeah. And I think as this team's going to go, we're going to have to have him really step up and, you know, obviously with, Patrick being sideline, that's that's not good. But for somebody like, you know, Josh Dix, it's an opportunity and it's kind of a knock on the door saying, Hey, I, I need some minutes offensively to help this team. So um he can stroke it, he can shoot it, um, got really good handles, um, and he's kind of a calming presence out there. I, I would love to see him continue to get minutes and, and perform like he did uh yesterday. And, and he's, he's six a four. good defender. He's too. a good defender, he's long and yep. he's six four, and I think he's more athletic. He can jump. The other thing I think it's important about his shooting is this is no knock on Bowen and Harding, but neither one right now are competent shooters. DeSante Bowen would rather get to the basket with three defenders standing in front of the bed than take a 10-footer. He's just – you can tell, Adam, he's got no confidence in his shot right now, but he still defends well. He still can handle the ball and set up teammates, and he is good. I just wish he would learn to finish a little better at the basket. You've noticed he's really attacking the basket. Yeah, no, I we, and we've said that all along. That's kind of been his – that's the first part of his offensive game is to get to the rack. Yes. Now he's just got to finish. Um, and, and I think with this team, we've got enough scorers. You know, you look at Cricky and you look at uh, Perkins and Sanford. And, and Patrick. You know, we, yeah. And Patrick. We've got guys that can definitely score. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with these other guys assuming, hey, I'm going to be more of a defender. I'll get to the basket. I can either dish or, or try to finish. But, you know, like Brock Harding, he comes in 15 minutes and, you know, had five assists. He's one of those that's kind of a true – distributor as far as a point guard goes. So, yeah. He's looking yeah. to pass first. And again, I think that's okay, especially a guy being a freshman. He definitely understands his role. He's not forcing anything. I I think as guys kind of the second half of the season here assume kind of what the pecking order is and know what their role is, 
I think it's going to help this team, especially with the, the amount of guys that we can potentially play on a given night. I like Harden and Bowen playing together, too, and that you've seen a little bit of that. What it seems like is Fran will give both those guys, they'll get their early substitution, and then who's ever playing better mm-hmm. in that moment will become that option as the game progresses. But these guys all go in knowing they're going to get a chance. If Bowen's playing well, he's going to play. There's been games where Bowen sits for most of the second half and then he plays the last eight minutes because they need defense or they need something he can bring. Yep. So that keeps these guys engaged. And I, and I But I think if Dix can keep playing like he does, and what I, what I think reminds me of him of you is the mid-range game. The little eight-footers in the lane you know, where he, cut, he slices through, takes three or four dribbles, rises up in the lane. You did a lot of that, if I remember correctly. A lot yeah, of, in, in, part of, in part of our motion offense, we had some – you know, a lot of our stuff could happen inside mm-hmm. the three-point arc. Not everything was geared around trying to get a three or, you know, had to be a drive to the basket. Sure. Like, we had some good sets that – and I appreciated that. I mean, I think that was one of the things when I came over from Iowa State that I really thrived in in Alford's motion style, kind of pro set that flowed into motion. Um, I didn't have to dribble a lot. I could come off a, a double screen or, you know, come off a flare cut, and I could have an opportunity, one dribble pull up, mm-hmm. and it – Again, wasn't a three-point shot. So, yeah, I, I love the mid-range game. I'm even telling my own kids, like, that's where that's where I think it's a lost art. And if, if some of these kids can find a knack, a knack for that, it's it's a great shot. It really you know, is. Percentage-wise, it goes way up from having to take a, you know, a deep three, and you can take an 8, 10, 12-foot shot. Those are, those are great buckets. I mean, even the great Michael Jordan, yeah, he had all the dunks and the – he made his living mid-range. I mean, you remember him. I mean, the, the fadeaway, the turnaround jumpers from 12 and 14, that's where he scored uh, so many of his points. And I think sometimes it gets, it gets lost in the dunk and three-point shooting um, phenomenon. You know what I mean? There's so much emphasis on both of those things. But, but no, well, I'm really – And another part of the game, too, I was just talking to somebody the other day. I mean, you guys probably remember, you always use the backboard. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you're, if Been you're, you know, you're going – yeah, if you're going one or two dribble pull up, and you know you want to use kiss it off the glass, a lot of these kids don't anymore. You're right, and I don't, don't know why, but I was always taught from a young age like take take a little bit of the almost the error off of the you know if it's long or short, you can you have a little more margin of error when you use the backboard. Yeah, and these kids now just don't do a lot of that. But I think Josh Josh Dix, you've seen some of the shots, and, and even Cricky. Those guys have a, a smooth, sweet shot. They'll they'll use the backboard whenever they need to. I'll give Frank credit. His portal addition, I'm Cricky is a perfect fit for this offense. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just I mean, you just know you're gonna get fifteen to twenty almost every night. It's gonna be efficient. He's gonna play with poise. He's not gonna force anything. He's just he's been a great addition. We got down ten to one the other night and he man, he is the one who's got one a couple big hits. Ten so, to one and fourteen yep. to three. They yep. were down fourteen to three too, and then boom, they yeah, came out. Yeah, fourteen to three with what sixteen oh right around the sixteen minute mark, and it was not looking good. No, no. no, no. It wasn't. Then, then Fran called a timeout, and it, it, it took a while. It didn't just happen immediately, but eventually they, I think they had a seven zero run that swelled to a thirteen to two scoring run. And then boom, once they pulled even again, I just, I just felt they looked, they just looked like the better team. And I mean, Adam, Minnesota just, I mean, their three point shooting. I at some point you got to be, like, hey guys, maybe try to work. I know. Them. They just seemed like they shot themselves out of that game in some ways. Yeah, what were they, 5 of 29? 5 of yeah, 29. Really, yep. In the first half, they were 1 of 14. It, you know, I was proud of our guys, too, and I think this is one of the reasons why. I mean, Josh Dix had an incredible game, and, again, some of the mid-range game stuff that we were talking about and even Cricky. We didn't succumb to 
making it a three-point shootout. You're right. We, You're right. we did not shoot the ball particularly well. We were 3 of 13 from three, but we didn't get into one of those shooting matches where, all right, now we've we got to keep firing. Because, um, again, 5 of 29 for That's Minnesota, and we settled in, and, and we're looking at, you know, ended up being 53% from the field. We were just getting buckets inside the three-point arc, and if we can do that, Again, on nights where we're not shooting it well, that's going to give us a chance to win. Kind of like how Wisconsin does it. Yeah, I'm worried with Purdue that there's going to be the central Edies in there. We're not going to do much in the paint. So let's. If Iowa does a five of 28 or 29 from three against Purdue, they're well, going to we're get, not going to win. They're going to get both. Yeah, raised. we're cooked. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully they don't take that many threes. But I sometimes wonder if Edie gives you this sense that you have to take threes because he's going to prevent you from doing stuff. It'll be interesting to see what Owen Freeman can do. I mean, maybe a couple head fakes. I've seen Edie get into some foul trouble. This year, but they've got other big guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're a good team. I just think they're beatable, though. I don't think they are a great elite team right now. Yeah, the way they started early off in the year, they looked unbeatable. They but did now, it. I mean, we're, we're kind of seeing some kinks here. So, I again, I think if, if we can get our perimeter shooting going, and, and it doesn't always necessarily mean threes, but if we can get some shots to fall and get some of these guys to really step up and put some pressure on yep. them, in the games that they have not won, they've not shot particularly well. So defensively, we, we've got to make them uncomfortable. And I still think Edie's going to get his. I, I think any game you look at, even in, in the games that they've lost, he's he's going to get his and he's going to rebound and they're going to play hard. But we just got to worry about, uh, again, locking in and uh, we're going to have to make shots. Making shots is going to beat this team. Well, and Nebraska did that against Purdue, they and they handled them. And then Nebraska turns around, comes into Iowa, and they couldn't <laughs> hit the broadside of a barn. you got to love basketball. That's just the way it is. It is. it is. I mean, it's a weird game that way. And back to the women, we were talking about the great win against Kansas State. How about the win against Iowa State? Look what Iowa State has done. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, are you surprised that the Iowa State women are? Th- did I look? Are they f- were they five and zero in conference play at one point? They still are, I think. And yeah. uh, they just got into the top twenty-five. So what do you? I mean, are are you surprised at how well they're playing? They're a pretty young I team. Am, and it's been interesting too. I've, I've you know, I, I'm always a fan of high school basketball, so I've always watched you know a lot of. You know, they got local girls there. The one of the Jones girls, and then you got the Audie Crooks. Audie Crooks. She's from uh, Algona, Garrigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many years have we watched her in the state tournament just dominate? And the question always is, well, what's that going to look like in the Big 12? And, and she is just – Looks pretty good. <laughs> looks pretty good. So uh, it's fun to watch. I mean, again, high school Iowa talent that, that goes on and, and, and plays, you know, for Iowa or Iowa State, I, I love watching that. So, yeah, Bill's got the, the girls over there playing really well. And, again, it's looking at Iowa's schedule. Um, Big 10 may not be – from a rating standpoint or ranking where it has been in the past. But right now, I mean, you, we've played a really tough schedule and, and only have one loss. And the, yeah. the one loss we do have, we ended up beating them a couple weeks later. So I feel really good about this Iowa women's team, and I'm anxious to see how this uh, kind of second half of the Big Ten goes. And I don't think Indiana is as good as they were last year. Well, they missed Grace Berger. Yeah, and also sure. didn't they have that little feisty point guard too? That was a or am I getting them mixed up with a different team? I thought they had a well, little Well, they had Allie Patberg, but that was a couple of years ago, I think. Oh, yeah, C- Cardozo Hillary. Yeah, or, she, yeah. yeah that was like, yeah, she, she was, was real. Tough. She yeah. was tough. They're, yes. they're not the same as they were. No, they're not. And, and you can say the same about Iowa. They're not the same, but they seem to be adjusting better right now than Indiana is. And who's the other ranked team in the conference? Ohio State? Ohio State. I mean, they're, they're the, to me, 
I would be more concerned about Ohio State than Indiana from Iowa because they seem to have some of the kind of players that can cause problems for you know what I mean long defenders yep. and what have you. They're the only teams ranked right now in, in the conference, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think Maryland's in the top twenty-five. Let me. But Maryland's them. still a solid team. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Michigan State and Michigan and those teams can play themselves in to the ranking. So, Adam, if how would you defend Caitlin if you're a coach for an opposing team? Would you give her forty? Let her take her 40 or score 50 and then shut down the other ones? What would your approach be? I, I think I would try to get in her head a little bit. You okay, know, just, which makes uh, sense. A couple of these games, you know, she doesn't – these girls get up into her. And, um, you know, I, I think about Creighton from a couple of years ago watching that game. I thought she kind of took herself out a little bit just mentally, right? The, I think that's fair. Wanting some calls and, and they were just getting up in her. And I'd put a fresh new body on her all the time and just – Try to. I wouldn't say you're going to stop her, but from the time she gets the ball or she's running, I would just kind of have a face guard on her and have somebody else try to beat us. And again, I know she's going to get hers, but if you can kind of frustrate her, or, or you know, what game was that? It was a couple games ago. She kind of got into one of those weird little moods and airballed a couple shots and yeah. a couple things. It, that's I think what teams have to try to do. Mm-hmm. And, She's so good, and she ended up coming right back and kind of hit the reset button and, and finished that game strong. But I think that's that's the only thing that can really stop her, you know, is is if her if she can get into one of those kind of little funks. But she does; she's much better, much more mature than when she first came in as a freshman. She's getting better with that, and again, opening the door for these other other gals to step in and score. So she's so unselfish. I still think you just gotta. You got to try to make it miserable for her, but it may come back to bite you in the butt. Her off shooting nights also are becoming fewer and far between. I mean, there's going to be some nights where even a great player just she's going to have. There's been nights where Caitlin didn't make the th- couldn't make threes. Yeah, but she true. seems to compensate better now than she used to. But yeah, I mean, she's the kind of player that if she goes twenty five five and five, people are oh, what happened? That's yeah. how good she is right now. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where she our, is. Our whole view of, of basketball is getting completely skewed with this. With, with the uh, numbers, yeah, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, only and only five assists. What's wrong? And I still think, like I said, the fact if you stand next to her. You have to stand next to her to realize how tall she is. I mean, she's yep. she's a legitimate six feet, and there's a most of the guards that she plays against are shorter than her. I want to ask you, Adam, what if if you were six one? Let's say you grew to six one and a half, had all your same skills, speed. Where do you think you would have been? What do you think you would have done? At six one and a half, six one, fast as you were. You think you would have pursued track? Have focused on track, yeah. Okay, but I may not have had the advantage, you know, with the long legs if I was a little bit shorter. But that you, but like I said, though, so much goes into building a star athlete, and like so a lot of it is your body. I mean, the fact that you grew to six five was huge. That separated you from a lot of other. Pl- well, you agree? Yeah, and I, and I think again, there's a lot of really good talent. I mean, you can look at the Division three level, Division two level, skill wise, a lot of those players can play high division sure. one they just might be an inch or two or two inches short or and that makes a big difference when you got to get a shot off or you're going to go get a rebound or you're descending um and you got a little more length um yeah part of it is just a little bit about genetics and and what do you have and and she's she's a great build and has the height and the length everything and athleticism yeah. to, to to really be a all-around player adam so, before we go um i had an interesting conversation a while back I was talking to this person, old-time Iowa high school kind of historian, and he was talking to me about if he's doing research on there's so many great athletes 
he was doing stinking more boys athletes who never ran track and field because it really you know it wasn't a real popular sport years ago and he's often wondered how many really fast like athletes never ran track have you ever thought about that i know that's kind of out there but track and field i mean it wasn't a huge sport 60 70 years i mean and you know it's grown a lot in the last 20 30 have you ever thought about all the great athletes that maybe never ran track and field yeah i mean i even think of even in the basketball world you know some of these kids grow up and especially those that don't live in Iowa that mm-hmm. they just focus on basketball alone and you're like, man, what would that guy do on a on a on a track? You know, mm-hmm. throw him at a two hundred or a four hundred. But yeah, I mean I've just always grown up in a track family. My dad coached track. I've loved track from the time I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. So I I've always been under the impression of how could you not run? You know, like it's And that's interesting. And I think mm-hmm. that's cool. I grew up in a family where track was the barrier between um basketball and baseball season. It's what you yep. did. Yeah, and it's just, it's weird. I mean, it's just, it just, but also, I think I grew up a little earlier than you. I think by the time you were in high school, track was bigger. I think Tim Dwight had a big, I think he helped popularize track. His emergence in the early 90s, I mean, I think that had a huge impact on high school track. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Well, it did on, I've always said it did on me. I mean, I remember meeting him in the in the field house at Drake when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, we had the credentials because my dad was a coach to be able to go back behind, and that was the first time I got to meet Tim and what he did on the on the track that weekend. And I I knew I have known the what he did years past, but what he did to help City High win a state championship and all the the events that he won. I mean, I sat there it was like I wanted to be a track star, you know, in basketball and baseball and everything else. Was Remember what grade you were in? Approximately what grade you were in when you? I think it was third or fourth grade. So were you taller um, than him then? <laughs> no. Just joking, Tim, if you're listening. <laughs> but I, I've, I've made that joke to him before, and maybe listeners have kind of heard me tell that story. I, I, He wrote me a little note, and it said, you know, thanks for coming to watch, and he had thanks doubled an X. And I still have that. Um, That's cool. From the time I was a little kid. But you never know, and I always tell people, you don't know the impression that you're going to make on somebody, you know, that's going to carry them for, you know, the next 20 years or throughout their, you know, young sports career i mean he was a a big influence on me and what he did at track there was no question i was going to run track all the way to high school well you look at michael jordan again i mean you remember that i mean what do you think in his prime had he had a year to what do you think he could have long jumped if he gave him a year at age 22 to just work on the what do you think he could have done it would have been impressive i mean it I got to think he's at least 25, 26. That's what I was wondering if that's what you, because Adam, you've seen those takeoffs from the free, that's 15 feet just right there, right? With the basketball in his hand. And I don't think Michael Jordan ever ran track. I could be wrong. I don't recall him. When you look back to his high, his early days, it was basketball and baseball. I don't recall reading much about track, but he also grew, grew late too. I mean, he was one of those late, but no, I've often wondered like Julius Irving, what would he do the long jump in, in his, in, in his heyday? No, it is. Cause I used to love the long jump as a kid. I used to follow it, but it seems like that's an event that is sort of kind of faded in memory ever since Bob Beeman's record. I was just going to say, has, who, beat, who beat his Mike record? Powell. Mike Powell beat it with like a leap of almost 30 feet. I, Adam, you know, what's happened with the long jump? It used to be a glamour event. It used to be the deal, like Carl Lewis and yes. Powell yep. and those guys. It was prime time. Like, you would watch NBC or whenever they had those track meets to just focus in on, you know, when the long jump was going to happen. I don't know if it's just because guys weren't going – you know, we've hit a lull where you're not having those records broke. No. But, I mean, what what those guys did was, I mean, 
go out there and have a measuring stick and just go 30 feet. It's crazy. It to is think crazy. That somebody's leaping that far. Yeah, no, it is crazy. And Bob Beeman, I mean, That's he's 10 yards. He did that at a time when nobody was even close to that record. Powell, I mean, and what's weird is Powell broke the record, but then he just kind of faded after. Carl Lewis was probably the most consistent, but he was always a sprinter too, though. He never focused exclusively on the long jump. But no, I've often wondered, that just seems like that's an event that has sort of lost its prestige. Because when I was a little kid, man, people used to love to watch the long jump. Well, it used to be some of your most athletic guys, yes. right? What, what can they What can they do, not just from the sprinting, but, yeah, use that speed and, and have a little bit of spring in your step. It, I, I agree. It's always one of my favorites. I mean, I've got my kids are I'm trying to teach them a little bit of how to do it, but it is, uh, it's pretty cool to watch. Well, listen, we could go on forever, but forever. we've got, we got to let them go back to the finance. What's going on? How's the stock market doing today? Ah, it opened up down. Let's see where she's at now. What's causing that? Uh, who knows? <laughs> if anyone does, year, we just, uh, everything's uh, Nasdaq's down uh, almost a percent. S and P's down uh, just uh, like half a percent. So, so nothing significant. Okay, just gotta nope. gotta be patient. I hear that yeah, all the time. Well, Adam, great stuff as usual. We'll try to do this again. I'll try to get you sometime next week, uh, whatever fits your schedule. Because now we're getting diving into basketball is going full blow now. And I said, I think. I think the men are I, – I, I'm, I'm really happy with the way that they've rebounded. I think they've given fans a reason to have some hope now. Yeah, and, and again, I think some um, – it is – when you see the crowds and stuff, obviously the women are, are getting a lot of the fans. And sure. There's only so many nights that people have open. That's right. And I think right now you know, a lot of people have committed to, hey, we're going to try to make a lot of these women's games yeah. because she may not be back next year. And, again, they're a number two ranked team in the country and kind of springboarding off of what happened last year. So – yeah, the men just got to keep focusing on uh, doing what they can control. And, yep. You know, you win games like this, hopefully it brings a really good crowd on Saturday and, and get, you know, fans in the stands. And, again, that's going to help propel them uh, this next half of the Big Ten. One more question, Adam. Have you gotten your cereal yet? Your Caitlin Clark crunch time. You're going to laugh. <laughs> so my mom actually today was like, hey, will you just stop by Hy-Vee? So I ran into Hy-Vee quick, and I did not see it. So I'm – I've been getting barking orders from my mom, my wife, <laughs> my kids. It's like, hey, can you stop by Hy-Vee? It's, they're not there. Now it's just a matter of being lucky enough to have I it haven't there. been able to see, see them either. No, Amazing. they sold out in the first day. And it's a limited, from what I understand, a limited uh, run. So it may Well, I saw one back. guy with six boxes. To yeah. me, can't you have a limit on how many? You should. Well, they I did. After a while, they, they limited it to Yeah, two. this was a while ago. This was a couple. This guy right behind me had six boxes of this yeah. stuff. So, well, good luck in that. You'll get one. It'll be there. What's that? You'll be there. You'll get it at some point, just like the teams. Well, yeah, you, I mean, if, if I'm getting our orders to go over there every day or every other day, I've got to <laughs> get lucky at some point. All right, well, good luck with that. And, Adam, great stuff as usual. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Yep, have a good week, guys. We'll yep, you too. All right, thanks, Adam. And we got to pay a bill or two here. Yeah, let's take a break. You're listening to Hot Fanatic on the Mighty 1630 KCJJ. Your favorite place to eat in the Amana Colonies can be your favorite place to work. The Ox Yoke Inn's 84-year reputation for quality extends beyond the food and service. The working environment, training, wages, and benefits are the best of any independently owned and operated restaurant in the area. Come and apply and have lunch, dinner, or Sunday brunch on us. Is it worth the short drive from Cedar Rapids or Iowa City? I guarantee it. We're busy and we're searching for the best and that means you. 
Apply today in person or online at akshokin.com for those positions of cooks, pie and pastry bakers, waiters, waitresses, and bartenders. Apply today in person or online at akshokin.com. The GT Car, owner of Supel's Building and Remodeling, has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years. The trained professionals at Supel's Building and Remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job, no matter how big or small. They also stand behind their work and offer no-nonsense, exceptional customer service from design to completion and beyond. Whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house addition, you'll have the confidence that Supel's Building and Remodeling is committed to quality. Visit Supel's.net or call them today at 319-337-2246. Once upon a time in the land of the Hawkeyes, a business grew. A business that would become synonymous with real estate. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson of Hawkeye Title and Settlement. When you're buying or selling your home, you'll need title and settlement services. Consider the Hawkeye Title and Settlement team. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. It's 2024 and Worthington, Minnesota continues to shine. We've expanded so many things. It's a time of growth. We've expanded recreation activities with our indoor ice arena, our indoor turf rec center and playground, and our outdoor water park, Waterworld, is ready for another season. Our schools have expanded, and so is our industry. We're continuing to expand our population also, with lots ready to build on on Glenwood Heights. So let's grow together. In Worthington, Minnesota, it's worth a look. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483. Let's start building your dream home today. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. one 800 800 rows. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember. Check out the best source for your Iowa City area high school sports coverage. Go to yourprepsports.com. Hi, this is Pat Hardy. City High, West High, Liberty High, Regina, West Branch, Solon, Clear Creek, Amanic. Your Prep Sports has all the boys and girls high school sports you crave. You'll get free, in-depth reporting from dedicated sports journalists on your favorite teams, football, basketball, golf, volleyball, track, softball, and baseball seasons. Profiles, pictures, video, and more. Get in on the action. Go to yourprepsports.com today and spread the word. Don't wait for an emergency to get a backup for your car keys. Unlike the olden days, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys that are on the market today. For spares and lost keys, Mike's E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, high security, and remote head keys. Mike's E-Keys for Cars will keep you on the road. Call 319 
319-330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Don't wait until it's too late. Call 319-330-9185 today. From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurting and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making Meteorologist Brittany Merlot. Tis the season to be freezing. However, we've made it through the worst of it as high temperatures today climb to the double digits. But with winds still at 10 miles per hour, it'll feel more like highs of zero degrees. Welcome the cloudy skies because they act as a blanket keeping us warmer. A shot of snow pushes in late tonight and lingers throughout tomorrow, putting down two to four inches of snowfall. That's the forecast on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Currently, it's six degrees. KCJJ weather. Brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply kitchens and baths. Your home never looks so beautiful. Two to four inches. Oh, come <laughs> on. Another four. <laughs> Why not? Throw it all at us. Well, even twos, too. That's tough more enough. Shoveling. Oh, man. Showing our tough, Iowa toughness. That's more well, shoveling. I'm not. <laughs> There's just no place to I've put had it. any more snow. Well, I'm <laughs> still feeling the effects of five days do, of shoveling. Me, too. My elbows, oh, yeah. my arms, my shoulders, everything. Yeah, I didn't realize it was two to four. That's no. tomorrow? That stinks, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to start like uh, tomorrow afternoon. Okay, and, and then the and problem then... is Friday and Saturday are going to be cold as hell again. Yeah. And then Sunday, finally, we start to... I just want to get to next week, but I'm getting, I know, too, every... I'm getting too old to wish for days to just go away. <laughs> no, no, you're right. All right, back to the Hawks. Well, sure, nice to talk to Adam. I uh, was going to add something in there when we were talking about bank shots and how what a lost art that is. Uh, ran into Stick Vidnovic uh, a couple weeks ago. Did he make a lot of bank shots? Oh, he was an expert, Adam. And uh, so I asked him, I said, you know, th- that seems like it's, you don't see it as often. It's kind of a lost art. I, so wh- why were you so good at it? He said it came from playing outside. And he said, I had to get good at it because you have to get through the wind. You've got to get those angles down. He yeah, said, that's, that's why. Yeah, because, well, and then I was always taught just, you got the orange square. You got the square in the backboard. Just aim the ball for that. I mean, ain't, if you hit that, if the ball hits at the right pace in that square, it's, it's usually going to go in. Usually going to go in. Yeah. I mean, bank shots. Once you do them enough, they're not that. I mean, the center, the Audie Crooks. I mean, I'd say ninety percent of her baskets are bank shots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's. I mean, she's really. Megan made a ton of bank shots. She did. And so does Caitlin. I mean, Caitlin. Oftentimes, it seems like when Caitlin knifes all the way through the basket, more than likely she's going to shoot a bank shot to finish as opposed to just shooting the ball over mm-hmm. there. You know, so, but yeah, no, it, it is a lost art, but Ben Cricky's really good at it. Ben Cricky well, reminds, sure me, he reminds me of a player from like the 80s in a yeah. lot of ways, and I mean that as a compliment. He's very fundamentally sound, doesn't force anything, and he's got a knack for getting open. He, I mean, he's really patient within the flow of the offense, and he's just been a nice fit. I'm just happy yes. that the men's team, at 0-3, they could have fallen apart. And, and it really felt like they might. Yeah, I wasn't ready to go there yet, but a lot of people were. Um, but, I mean, I hadn't thrown in the towel, but I, but I felt we've got to win. And they was won it Rutgers? Thing. Yeah, they be. I I thought I just Rutgers. Rutgers has won one conference game. They're, they might you know, be. Rutgers might end up being one of the worst teams in the conference. I know they got great recruits coming in, but they're not helping now. No, they're not there. Rutgers yep. can't score, and but you play the teams on your schedule. 
And the team, I mean, they lost at Purdue and they lost at Wisconsin. Those were two of those three losses. The Michigan loss was bad. Yeah, it was bad. That's the one at bad home. loss. That's the one bad loss they have in conference play. But you're going to have a bad loss now. But the fact that they've rebounded, they're 3-3. Three and three, They have a chance now. And they're they're back in. They're, they matter again. They're back yep. in the thick of things. And they could have easily been 1-5 at this stage. And if they were, when you imagine them being 1-5, let's say Rutgers was their only win going into this game, it would be bleak. It would. But they're not. They've had a – and they've done this a lot with Fran. Just when you think they're about ready to unravel, boom, they find life. And you feel – you know, that we at least have a chance against Purdue. If we yeah, can make I some shots, sure. we got yeah. a shot. Yeah, I, like I said, Purdue, I mean, Purdue is not invincible by any means. I mean, Iowa State beat Houston. Houston was ranked number two. I mean, yeah. and and I know Iowa State beat Iowa. I think if Iowa State played Iowa at Carver now, I think Iowa wins at Carver. Now, if they go and play a rematch in Ames, I think but, Iowa but State wins. Same thing, yeah. Same, yeah, I think – but I don't. I don't think Iowa State is just way, way. I think having home court advantage helped. But I think Iowa is starting to figure things out. Yep, yep, and that's a, that's a good thing. So I hope that everyone takes this opportunity to get out and support the men. At One o'clock on a Saturday, Saturday is and perfect I mean, the, time. The weather's going to be cold, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be minus fifteen. I think the high on Saturday is what two or three. I can't believe I'm using two and three degrees as a weather reason to come out. What's the high on Saturday, Hunter? Uh, two above. Okay, well that's better than minus eleven. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it like it gets like thirteen below Friday night, two above Saturday, uh, mid teens below zero Saturday night, and then Sunday is when it warms up twenties, and then Monday mid thirties and Tuesday mid thirties. Great. <sighs> so we will see some melting. Yeah, mid thirties with sun that will melt some of yes. the snow. Yeah, and uh, slowly, which is good. You don't mm-hmm. want it to. No, you don't want it to go too fast. Sink so. into the ground. Okay, so just a few more days of this. Like I said, these last <laughs> this this last week has just been well, haven't it's done been much. Awful. We've had so many good winters where it hasn't been brutal like this. Mm-hmm. And now well, December was heaven. Yeah, and, it was hot on Christmas, and January has been hell. It was yeah. humid on Christmas, wasn't it? In the fifties on Christmas, yes, yeah, like fifty-seven. Yeah, I drove uh, to, to northern suburbs of Chicago, and I didn't even take a jacket with me. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember being humid on Christmas Day. <laughs> Crazy. So but, it rained. But, but I will say, I whenever I go through these, I I'm like, why do I still live here? But then <laughs> next week, you're reminded why those 30s next week. I know those will be minor victories, and people in Florida will be laughing at. But that, those will feel good. You know, they will feel good to at least 30s going to feel. It's well, yeah. I mean, it's going to feel a lot warmer than it really is. The other, uh, there was another thing going back to Adam for a second where I was going to interject something, but I g- couldn't find an opening. But he was talking about when he was back and meeting Tim Dwight behind the you know the scenes a little bit, mm-hmm. and how Tim you know sent him a note and stuff, and how it stayed with him and made him feel special as a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, my situation was a little different with Don Nelson. You may recall that story. <laughs> he signed an X, too. So he signed an X for my autograph. Yeah, that was so, it. And it has stuck with me. <laughs> and it pissed me off. He's dead now, though, isn't he? Is Don, Don Nelson, Nelson dead? I don't think oh, so. Oh, maybe no, he's so. not dead. No, you're right. He's, no. he's retired in Hawaii. I know he's retired and living in Hawaii and smoke, smoking weed. Yeah. yeah. I th- okay, no, I don't, I don't know why I thought he would pass, but... Nope. No, Why it's worse than no autograph at all. So I haven't forgotten. Did you tell your dad what he did? Yeah. What'd your dad say? He said, "Well, I can get his autograph for you if you want." I said, "Nope, don't want it." How old were you? 
Oh, eight, maybe. Should have like kicked him in the shin. <laughs> well, he was about six nine. He would have killed me. Six six, I was think. He? Yeah, he wasn't that I, tall. No, I was little. But no, that's unfortunate. I mean, but so you think Don Nelson's a dick? Yes, I know he is. <laughs> He had a good NBA career. Yes, he did. No, he had a great career in basketball. Great coach. I guess that's a, that's unfortunate that he would do that. Were you alone? Was he, or were you with other kids getting autographs? No, I was alone. It was. Uh, did you get just his, or did some teammates sign too? No, I was. Go- well, I kind of knocked out of the box after that one, so I didn't go for any others. Oh, okay. Huh. I wonder if he did that to other kids. I don't know, or just me. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting with one of his uh, teammates, and I think it was, you know, just a kid being. Was this before a game or what? Was... No, it was a practice. Okay. And at the time in the field house, they had kind of a canvas thing that surrounded the court. So could anyone just walk in or because you were Bud Suter's dad, that's why you were there? Um, or son, I should say. No, I think the practices were, were pretty open, I think. God, I, I'm not positive. Imagine just like walking into France practice. I mean, yeah. how different things are now. I mean, were Evie's football practices open to the public? Um, yeah, because they um, – or this was Jerry Burns, I think, but the there was a practice field right where uh, like this, the Stead Family Hospital and all that is. And, yeah, I mean, I, I went to a lot of practices. Interesting, because I know one of the yep. first things Hayden did when he got hired was close practices. Uh-huh. I'm thinking maybe the public was afraid to go to Evie's practices because they thought he would be mean to them. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as a joke. Hello. Hi, guys. For the basketball practice, we used to go up on the the first balcony and look over the, the tarp they had up all around the basketball court and watch practice from up there. Mm-hmm. And they That's knew you were there, and they didn't care. Well, they the field house was just it wasn't a big deal back in the late '60s, early '70s. Mm-mm. Okay, so, and or early '60s either. Okay, well, it didn't stop the six pack from going no. undefeated okay. in conference. Play. Hey, thanks for the call. Okay, yeah, I was not aware of that, but like I said, I was in the field house like one. I think I maybe I don't even know if I went to a game in the field house. I mean, I just. I remember watching him on TV some, and I mean that's where I mean mm-hmm. that's where Ronnie Lester became Ronnie Lester. Ronnie Lester never played at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy when you think about that. I mean, he was done three years before the arena was built, and I've had some people say they. I mean, the Fieldhouse obviously it, it, they needed a new arena. I mean, but there's some stuff. There was some ambiance that was lost from the Fieldhouse, and I don't think oh, they did. No it, and I don't think they did a good job of duplicating it with the with the build. Carver no. Hawk Arena, I mean, I don't know how it was perceived at the time it was being built and when it was launched, but like I said, and I am no expert on on architecture or anything, first time I walked into it, I'm like, man, this is a weird setup. The best well, seats Size mattered at the time, and they were building big arenas oh, I know. at that time. But what I didn't understand, and I've said this before, I just didn't understand that the best courtside seats, unless you were going to be part of one elevator right up, the, it's the worst way of getting out of the arena. Yeah. I mean, if you have a courtside seat and then have to climb up those stairs, that's a monster for a lot of people. Yeah, it's not easy. I know, that's a lot for a lot of people. And, or your other option is to take the one elevator that goes up. And you've seen that. That's the Bataan death march after games. <laughs> people squeezing through there. To, I mean, that was when I walked in, I'm like, why? Well, obviously, the answer would have been a middle mezzanine, but I mean, they didn't do that because of money, right? That, right. That's well, as I understand it. Yeah. Yeah, because that would have made the project way more. How much was Carver? Was it $80 million? 
I, you know, I'm not sure. Or, or, that maybe sounds I'm way, a little high. Maybe but. it was twenty million, which forty years ago, twenty million was a lot of money, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I was in my head. It was like thirty-five or forty 35 million, or 40. but I don't know. I just never was enamored with the arena when no, I walked in. No, it just never really no. did it for me. And now that you mention, I don't think I have ever had a courtside seat. Would you want one? I wouldn't want one. I'd like to see what it's like. But then you'd take the elevator. Would you, or would you take? Uh, I would. All right, run up, I would run up those stairs. All right, Ann. Good luck. <laughs> Let's go. And you, you go. But I'm just saying to a lot of people, especially the older you get, those stairs are a bitch. Yeah. I was really close uh, for a women's game. I was down in the corner on the on the second row on the aisle. But it's not courtside. But it was. It and was you close. didn't take the elevator. You were in one of the black seats. Yeah. Okay. I've I've had that once. And they were just fantastic seats. Yeah, it was fun to watch. They from were that comfortable. Yeah. But let's say you want to go to the restroom. Twi- the, oh, you're screwed. I mean, you want to go to the restroom <laughs> and you want to go to the concession stand a couple times. I mean, you're, I guess you're getting your exercise in. But yeah. three flights up and down those steps, if you're that low, that's a workout for a lot of people. It, it is. Yeah, when I got down there, I stayed down there. <laughs> Our women's seats are, I think, row 17. So you've mm-hmm. got a little bit of a hike up to the concourse. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. In our men's seats, I think, are 29. Yeah, it's just like I said. I just, when I walked in, I was sort of underwhelmed by it. Hello? Hello? Hello. Hey. How are you guys this morning? Doing okay. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I helped do fundraising as a volunteer for the foundation for Carver Hawkeye Project. Uh huh. And the cost was. Uh, just shy of $20 million. Okay. It was between 15 and $20 million. And I believe some of that cost also covered renovation of the field house so that it, um, they took off the armory and on the West End mm-hmm. and other uh, changes that they made there with, uh, like, racquetball courts and things like that. Okay. So not even $20 million then. That's 40 no. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And and it was something. I'll, I'll say that. Um, and then uh, you were talking about the construction itself. The original plans called for a mezzanine. A middle. In the middle. Middle, yeah. 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 And, uh, it, very much like the McHale uh, Center at Arizona. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and uh, it was basically ditched to save money. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, it's too bad. It's just too bad. I mean, there there were some because they had the money. They it, it was uh, a very successful fundraising venture. You know, they it was uh, twenty five hundred dollars uh, would get you a guarantee you a seat. And, and uh, you know, it was one of those where they, they sold a lot of $2,500 seats to patrons and other people didn't quite give that. But, mm-hmm. you know, they still got in. But if you didn't give a significant amount of money as a non-faculty or staff person, you weren't going to get a ticket. So what would the middle mezzanine have cost? Yeah, that's, that's what, my question. What would that have cost, you think? Would that have made it a $30, $35 million project? I, I think it would have been something on the line of $25 million maybe. 
Okay. Jeez. Wow. Looking back, I know we've got hindsight, God, but I think they blew it. What a shame. I think they blew it. Yeah, it, it is. You know, because uh, there would have been restrooms on that exactly. level. There would have been concession on that level, and and all that. And the, I think when they dug out the bowl uh, over there uh, at its site, you know, it was one of those where, well, if we just pour it. And don't include a mezzanine level in there. Uh, things will, uh, it, well, we can save some money. Well, God. It, so it, who made it, the call to say, okay, we're not uh, doing a mezzanine? Uh, I think, among others, well, it would have been Bump. Yeah. And Christine Grant, obviously, would have had a say in it. Uh, Bill Barnes, the dean of the business college, was spearheading uh, that project because uh, I, I knew Bill pretty well, and uh, he, I, I'm sure he, and as a business professor, he would know money, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm, I'm sure there were some other folks involved, but it, it's just too bad uh, that they did not have better foresight, because they did not put air conditioning in it. Nor did they put an elevator in it to begin with, did they? Isn't I mean, the one oh, no, elevator. there was an elevator. The, the, just the one, the one that people flock to. Right. But a lot of the arenas I go to have multiple elevators. Yeah, they do. They do nowadays. They only had one. Uh, I don't know what they had. You know, if they what they may have cut out, but I do know they cut out that mezzanine level as a cost saving. Wow. So uh, effort. So structurally, is it impossible to go now and? I've actually, I've done a story, I've been, I've done a story on that and I'll let our caller answer. I've been told, no, it's not impossible, but it would be so expensive now. Caller, what are your thoughts? Exactly. To retrofit it. Yeah. Be millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Tens of millions. They missed their opportunity back when they were, and the thing they had going back then, as you know, caller, um, Fans were high on basketball. They were fresh yeah. off a of oh, Final Four, 81, 82. Loot was at a zenith. They were making the tournament every year. There was a ton of motivation and enthusiasm for men's basketball. The program the was great. Yes. Then. Yeah. Oh, it was. I, You know, frankly, I think they could have made it. It was, uh, what, 15-5 roughly uh, as far as seating. Yes. They could have made that thing 17. And it's really too bad that they didn't because I think at that time and for quite a while after that you could have we could have hosted you know like when we did it at um, the field house back in the mid 60s i think it was 66 that we hosted the mid-east regional it mm-hmm. was michigan with Cassie russell and yep. uh, uh, kentucky with louis dampier and and all and clem haskins western kentucky and dayton had a seven-footer Henry Finkel, who played for Henry the Finkel, played for the Celtics. Was that yeah. uh, like late 50s? No, that would have been the mid-60s. That was 66. That was 1966. Yeah. Would 66. have been the last time Iowa hosted a regional. Okay, because I, yeah, I was at we, that. We, that was Michigan, Kentucky, yep. Western Kentucky, and Dayton. Okay. Wow. I, was, I went to the game. Henry I, I did, too. I, I was 11 years old, going on 12, and my dad took me to that. Okay. So I would have been 13. Thirteen. I would have been two. Yeah, but but uh, you were just a babe in arms, yep. Pat. But but anyway, you were still soiling your diaper, in, friend. Yeah, <laughs> we, if if I think I probably if, was. If the arena had been expanded to say seventeen to eighteen thousand, we would have qualified 
by NCAA standards back in the 80s and beyond uh, for hosting regionals, or at least uh, when they expanded the tournament, the early rounds. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, this is fascinating. This is interesting looking back at the Henry Finkel. I haven't thought of that name. And I don't for remember. I only remember him from being a backup center for the Celtics back in their seventies playoff runs. Yep. Big Henry yep. Finkel. But yeah, Louis Damper and was Dan Issel part of that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure Issel and I'm not sure was Pat Riley. Pat Riley. I don't know if that was before, after his time, but it would have been near about when he played. How about what Cotton Nash was he on that? That I said. That, that I, I don't can't know. remember that. I just remember it was Bill Bunton and Cassie Russell. Bill Bunton, yeah. And, you know, the thing, that thing always there was Cassie wanted to be a Hawkeye because Jerry Jones' teammate from Chicago Carver High School came I to Iowa. Him. Oh, God. He, he was, was one of my favorite Hawkeyes ever. So what happened? Why didn't Jerry, he become a Hawkeye? He couldn't qualify for the entrance exam, but he got in under Michigan's special – uh, admissions program. Okay. They have a special admissions program at Michigan. Have had it for years, and and still have it, I believe. And uh, ironically, the vast majority of those special admittees happen to be exceptional student athletes. Hmm. Interesting. And that, interesting. That Not Mich- surprising. That Michigan team was one of my favorite Michigan teams ever, and they used to stay out at the the Congress Inn, which is now. Yeah. And uh, I got a chance to rub shoulders with them. And no, Johnny Orr wasn't the coach then, was he? No. No. And I got to – Cassie Russell put me on his shoulders and carried me around. I remember you saying that. I oh, remember. God. I think it was Dave Stack. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Wow. He was Michigan coach back then. Okay. Uh, Orr came after that. He had coached up at Dubuque Senior. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So, but, No, the stuff with the arena, though, it, it is fascinating. Like a, just a blowing opportunity, I That's think. That's too bad. That's too bad because I think the arena would look so different um, if it had that middle mezzanine. Right. Well, you know, we hosted a national AAU basketball tournament back in the, oh, God, I'm trying to think, late 80s, early 90s that I was uh, involved with uh, organization of that and all. And, man, uh, we used the arena. We used Regina. We used West High. I can't remember if we used City High gyms, too. But it, it was amazing. But, you know, the high school gyms were better uh, climate-wise during the summer uh, for the teams than Carver was. Now, we had a pretty big crowd at uh, Carver for the finals and, you know, the late round games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that was that was quite the experience to see those kids. Okay. I've got to ask, do you think there was anybody when this arena was being designed or get, that said, hey, um, I got a problem. Um, the people with the best seats, look what they have to do to go up and down. Do you think that was ever brought up? And how was it rationalized? How was it? I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I to me, it's a no-brainer <laughs> because, you know, it's not like you can walk out at ground level from the bottom. You know, you, you'd go back to the loading dock area. Yeah, and see, so, I'm, I, mean, and I like noticed that right going. away, and I'm an idiot. I mean, I'm not, I don't really notice stuff, but the, I noticed it right away. My God, the best seats have the worst when it comes to concession access, yeah. bathroom access. It just didn't make any sense, and 40 right. years, it still doesn't. Right, and the the student uh, section originally was at the north end. Yeah, 
of the arena, uh, the home team end uh, basket. And, you know, you kind of think, well, it's nice, but it made more sense to move them to the south. Uh, where you're having a bigger impact on the visiting team. Exactly. I, I, the hawk's nest with Alford, wasn't that behind the Iowa bench? Uh, uh, it, it ended up in the south. Yeah, it did. Okay, to me, you have to have the, the students the as close to the visiting team as you can to be a distraction. Right, right. And, and especially in the second half of a game, if it's close, yes. you're trying to you know bother them shooting free throws or whatever. Well, you know, um, Beth has brought know, up... The, the bump, Bump did not want the students near the court. Yeah, and, and I was that's too bad. I respect Bump, and he was great in a lot of ways, but I think he made a mistake there. And now Beth has she's indicated that they're looking into it, and I think they could set up bleachers and they could move the student. It wouldn't be a multi-million dollar expense. It would take some configuration, some well, they had some bleachers there, and and some donors would be impacted some. Yeah. But I think they could get it done, and I think they need to get it done. Well, I, they do. See, I, I would like to see uh, behind the the north basket take out some of those seats and have a little food court well, there or something. Oh, that makes good sense. Yeah, I, I wonder if it would be feasible. I, I have no idea. There's but, a lot of wasted, that, w- a lot of wasted was, space yeah. behind both. Yep. A lot of wasted space behind both baskets, if you ask me. Right. Well, you know, they they had it so that those seats were movable. You know, that they they would uh, fold back in to the side to make. Uh, more room uh, for events where they needed a bigger floor mm-hmm. uh, for events non either non-athletic or something like a NCAA wrestling, uh, whatnot, where you need more floor space to put mats down. Mm-hmm. And another thing, and I just thought of this, is there some reason they can't have uh, vendors uh, down uh, at that level. I mean, like they used to back in the '60s with Leo Veichel would have his. Oh God, yes. Well, do they even vaults. have? Do they even have vendors? I no, remember they covering don't. Iowa games in the '90s. Where I remember Leo. Yeah, they had vendors in the '90s. So why why can't they do that I, to I, serve the? I have no idea. You know, I haven't. Looked, I, I'm sure we've written about that. I I remember at the Press Citizen when they ended the vendor. I remember writing something, but I just don't remember the specifics of it. But I remember guys used to come down with, you know, they'd have a case full of Coke, you know, 20-ounce Cokes or or whatever. But, no, they don't do that anymore. And now they could have beer. There's a reason. I'm sure there's got to be a reason. Heaven forbid. Well, all right. Well, no, this has been a fascinating call. A lot of good good stuff. I appreciate you kind of filling in the blanks as far as the history of Carver. And the blowing opportunity. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. It's just a shame because, uh, like I say, the money – they could have gotten the money. Oh, I'm uh, sure they could have. And it would have been a lot cheaper I, than I trying to do it say, now. Yeah, I want to say that they raised between 12 and $15 million and that the balance for the pro- entire project for Fieldhouse and the arena, uh, Fieldhouse renovations and the construction of the arena, uh, was, I think Carver's gift was around $5 million maybe. Wow. Um, you know, and he, he could write a bigger check. And hell, there there were other big boosters who could have kicked in. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. A million or two or whatever, and and it would have funded it. And yeah. it would cost twenty times that to build oh. the arena now, wouldn't it? Well, to build oh, a middle God. mezzanine, I, or just to build a new I, arena. Well, oh, yeah, a new arena would cost. Yeah, I just looked it up, and it it gave the cost construction cost eighteen point four million. Wow. And let me. Yes, what it present dollar value, 
in 2022 $65.4 million. So, so that's... you're talking more than three times the original cost to build the Jeez. thing. Wow. So an additional $40 million? Now. Huh. So, yeah, they should have did it. I, I, it just doesn't make sense, but there's really nothing you can do about it now. It's too but, bad. But, hey, appreciate yeah. the call. Yeah, great call. Great call. Yeah, you're welcome. You guys take care. All right. All right. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's unfortunate because it, uh, a middle mezzanine would have changed everything about that arena. Yeah. Hunter was dealing with the uh, Culligan water guy. Yeah, trying to make sure he doesn't give us so many. We got plenty. Yeah. With like four on the ground and one in the tank, we had six. That was a little, a little too much. Hey, Culligan, they're great. Hey, Culligan man, they still have those commercials out. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, they. they I grew up with those commercials. I did too. The animated girl. Hey, Culligan man. You know, and it's it's too bad because those were such great iconic. They were. Uh, every they were. Yeah, they, I mean, well, I they brought still it, do because you remember. I just brought it up. That's yeah. what I, something I remember. Yeah. Commercial wise, that and where's the beef? And they've uh, resurrected uh, Mr. Clean, realized what they had. Yeah. The Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Another thing I remember is Burger King, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. Yep. All we ask is that you let us have it your way. I mean, I remember that. That was so, I've got it memorized 50 years later or 40 years later. The same with, yes, exactly. Special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed. That's another thing. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, what about, uh, have they thought about an escalator, like maybe four escalators around Carver? You mean instead of like instead the of, instead of the steps, fill some steps up with a couple escalators? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like, had thought about that. I, I hadn't either. That's gotta it seems be. like escalators don't ever, don't work very well. And are dangerous. My guess is the insurance would be outrageous. Yeah, probably. Uh, but no, it's a thought. Well, it's an interesting I, idea. It's an interesting thought. I'm just guessing, though, the insurance would be outrageous. Yeah. Zip yeah. lines. That'd be cool. Zip lines, yeah. <laughs> Get down to your seats fast. <laughs> but I think the other yeah. odd thing is that they only did, why not put another elevator in somewhere when they originally designed it? Why just one elevator? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be nice if, if somebody started kicking around some different ideas. And yeah. Well, I think people yeah. are. I just think so many of them are so expensive, they can't do them. I mean... I mean, but we'll see. I don't think there'll ever be a middle mezzanine. Well, I, don't, I mean, Beth said that they did a feasibility study and that there's going to be some changes. But not a middle mezzanine. I, I don't think no, so. No, they're not going that extreme. Yeah, there's going to be some changes, and I think they're thinking about the student section, but I don't think it's going to be $75 million changes. No, and the other thing out. she says is it's all got to be private funding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, oh. yeah, so. But escalator, well, that's interesting. Up, that, that, right, that, thanks. That, that last caller was fantastic. No, he was, was good. Yeah, wasn't he great? Yeah. yeah. First-hand yeah, information. Okay. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I just think insurance, though, for an escalator, because you got a lot of elderly people that would be taking it. That, to me, that would be a little high risk. Well, that's, that's probably it. I'd never thought of escalators. But I hadn't either. They, also, but think about, I mean, escalators always seem to be broken. They do. I mean, it's funny you say that. Always. When I, when I covered the Rose Bowl back in 15, the media hotel we stayed at, the escalator that took you from the main concourse when you walk in the hotel up to one level was broke the whole time we were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, 
maybe I missed it earlier on the show, but we had an Iowa legend pass away yesterday. Jerry Hilgenberg, yes. Oh, thanks, thanks for, for reminding that us. Up. Yeah, um, I appreciate your bring, reminding us because I may have forgotten that. Nine, yeah. Tom, you know more. years old. You know more about He was the Hilgenberg family. They lived on Crestview, three doors down from us on the, on the other side of the street. So this was Jerry and his kids, right? And his kids Which and would his be wife. Jay. Jay and Jim. Right there on Crestview, right off of Court Street? Yeah. Okay, all right. And I can show you where Jerry Burns lived. He lived two doors down from us on the same side of the street. So what was the attraction to Crestview? Or was um, it just a coincidence? Well, we were one of the one of the first houses there. Because, I mean, right behind us, it was nothing but fields. So, like, fields. Well, what about where my home is? What was that when you... Nothing. That was just fields? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But, no, thanks for reminding me. Well, Jerry. not nothing. I mean, it was farmland. It was hey, farmland. and uh, you know the story about Jerry... Uh, he only played one year of high school football. I did not realize that. What? what why? Why is that? Okay, because World War II, they suspended at least the football program, and it, like he played uh, senior year as running back, and he became uh, Iowa's first All-American. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, what a great family. I mean, so are Jerry was Wally Jerry's brother? Yes. Because Wally was the one who played was played for the Vikings, right? I remember Wally Hilgenberg as a linebacker for the Vikings. Uh, yes, and he was an uh, announcer for Iowa as well. So was he Jerry's older or younger brother? A younger, I believe. Younger, okay, okay. Well, yeah, ninety-two years old. I mean, we're start. I mean, um, I mean, he he lived a good life, same age as my parents when they passed. Yep, and played. Uh, Sandlot football with some of the Hilgenberg kids. Needless to say, they got a lot bigger and stronger than I did. Yeah, I mean, Jay played for the, wasn't he the center for the Bears? Yeah. 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 No, a great family, great legacy, and thanks for the call. I got, got one more story about okay. Wally. Yeah, go. Okay. Uh, got drafted by the Lions, got played with them four years, and got cut. And, uh, okay, I want to get my pensions. I got to get on with the team at least one more year. Well, one more year turned into about 10 and four Super Bowls. Yeah, incredible story. Really is. So, yeah. Wally Hilgenberg was a great linebacker for Iowa. No, I Mike Riley. I, I hated the Vikings growing up because I was a Bears fan, and the Vikings always seemed to have the better of the Bears growing up. So, But, but no, great story, great family. Yeah. She's Thanks so much for the call. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. That's I was thinking. I know Wally or Jerry was a little bit the the those great teams from the mid to late fifties were lo- most of those players are gone now. And yeah. there's a f- yeah. I mean I'm mean, Willie Fleming is still alive, but most of those players are either gone or I mean it's like I said that's a part of Hawkeye football that I mean is so rich. But yeah, it's just sad when uh, not many of them are around anymore. Actually, they were a little farther. They're right at the corner of uh, of friendship. Uh, Elm Ridge and uh, Crestview. Okay, um, does, but doesn't Crestview stretch from court to Friendship? Uh, almost. It goes down to Upland, and then there's uh, just a few houses. Oh, that's right. Crestview's not Upland. a straight. It, no, it's, okay, it curves. that's right. It curves. Okay, okay. All right. Hello. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning, hey. old Mayor John. Old Mayor John here. Oh, hey, um, John. Hey. I was just going to tell you, there will be uh, a second elevator to the floor of the Carver Hawkeyes being built into the wrestling facility. So uh, the, oh, okay. Where the tunnel is now that's not open yet, 
where, on the south end where the band is, uh-huh. that'll be a second secondary access point, and there'll be an elevator. Oh, that'll make a huge Oh, difference. that's great. That'll make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Curious, will there be like a restroom in the tunnel? Like restrooms? Uh, that's a great question. I, I'd be surprised if they didn't. I guess. I, I've so. seen mock-ups, and I believe that there are, yes. That'll make a huge difference. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yep. Well, we're learning yeah. a lot today. Th- thank you, Mayor Woodchuck. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're, you're welcome, Tom. <laughs> We're being educated and informed by our Yes, colleagues. this is great. Yeah. Yeah, so next, I know there's a lot of you guys listening uh, that uh, go to Woodcraft, okay, which is where John, Mayor John is a, a part-time uh, employee there. But uh, next time you see John, just call him Mayor Woodchuck, and uh, what that'll happens? be fun. Then he turns into a woodchuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's got a... Hell of a setup at his house, uh, you know, all woodworking stuff. He does. Oh, he's amazing. He does really good work. Oh Actually, my god! Actually, the CD, the CD, uh, CD uh, shelf that we have over here on uh-huh. this counter, he did that. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's very skilled. Mm-hmm. I wish I had half the. Oh, I don't. Stuff. I can't pound a nail straight. I I love doing that stuff, and I used to. My dad used to have a workshop. And were house. you good at it? I was pretty good. I I. I uh, I, I impressed my daughter because I bought a couple of big uh, um, uh, pieces of wood, and she came by the next day, and I had made a, a bookshelf out of it, and she couldn't believe it. Back in wood woodshop, you had to uh, build birdhouses. Yeah. And my birdhouse, the, some of the sides were, were so poorly done that the birds could come in through, yeah. through the sides. So not kind of drafty, huh? Even real drafty. <laughs> Hello. Hey, uh, I, I can't. I'll do those guys on history, but I can infill a little bit earlier stuff. Sure. Um, along Merrill's Avenue, when the football played outside or practice, they put a big canvas up on the cyclone fence. Um, uh-huh. And, of course, there was no Hawkins Drive. It wasn't Hawkins Drive, but it uh, – so that's how they, uh, you know, protected it, so, so, so to speak, from people watching. Yeah, well, I was there a lot. Yeah, well, you lived across the street eventually, didn't you? Uh, eventually, but not not at, at that time. We, yeah, we would have right. been well, anyway, Crestview. And then regarding Carver Hawkeye, here, here's more history. So in, in 1966, I was in flight school ready, getting ready to go to Vietnam. And w- we used to, uh, there was a big grapevine in that ravine where Carver Hawkeye is. Mm-hmm. So you could way out into that ravine, the thing was real thick. So <laughs> they, they made the hole deeper, but it was a steep. It was a steep hill. Yeah, I, I absolutely remember that. Yeah, I don't remember sure, the grapevine sure. though. Well, <laughs> maybe it was gone, but anyway. so that doesn't sound dangerous. Well, you know, you're bulletproof when you're that. Oh, age, for so. sure, and I'll bet it was great fun. Oh yeah, yeah, you could, you could, because it was. A big, I just a big oak tree back in there, and, and then you could swing way out. You know, you didn't want to drop off. I know that. So. <laughs> that's, that's great. But, but, but nobody I knew ever did, so. Yeah, like well, bulletproof anyway. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, and, oh, by the way, it's, it's and you'll love this, it's going to be 55 or 60 here in Mesa today, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just put a dash in front of that, oh, and you'll know what we're going 55 through. in Arizona is kind of cold. Isn't it, it is, kind of. It well, was 10 yeah, in I, Dallas yeah, the other day. I saw my nephew tweet, 10 degrees in Dallas yeah, the other day. Well, yeah. the funny part is that 
it, you know, the people that have lived here a lot longer than I have, which there's a lot of those, but <laughs> they dress, you know, when it gets down in the 40s, you think they're in, in below, ten, below zero weather. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Yeah, sure. Do, I, do you know, laugh at them in your short sleeve shirt? I, well, I, yeah, not quite, but I laugh at them. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? You know, are you going skiing or what? You know, so. <laughs> and then a, a freeze warning here. That's the that's the best one. It's going to go down to thirty-one. Wow, that so, is cold. It is. Yeah, yeah. This, this we've been here four years, and this is the coldest winter. But it's it's only gotten down to thirty. So. Well, that sounds like heaven. And we're looking forward to getting up to 30 here in another four or five days. Well, yeah, I, I was listening. And I remember that my son still lives in Marion, so we joke about it. And I said, you know, when it gets up to, and you guys are already commenting, when it gets up to five degrees, goes, wow, this is really nice. Oh, you feel the difference. Yeah, you can feel the difference. <laughs> Especially yeah. if there's no and wind. And yeah. when it gets to 30 in a few days, you're going to, well, you won't need your coat I'll anymore. probably barbecue. <laughs> well... <laughs> I've got two feet of snow on top of my. Uh, well, I, I did Weber, my deck. So. I did my deck one time, but then it snowed another eight inches. Uh, I still have a lot to do, but at some point, I'm going to well, get out. Well, we didn't get our crap together to bring my uh, cooker in. I didn't so. either. My grill's covered, so yeah. well. Enjoy, yeah. enjoy your Arizona weather. Enjoy your fifty-five. Well, we do. Anyway, we love the show. The, the you know Adam's input in the basketball. No, he does a yeah. good job. Amazing. He's yeah, terrific. So. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks. And thanks. I get some, when I got more history, I'll tell okay. you. Okay. Hey, anytime. Line's thanks. always open. Uh, anytime. Bye. It's been a fun show. It Call sure in has. the summer when it's 130 out there. <laughs> so what? 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 what's better? What can you bear more? 101 with a 70% dew point or what we had? What would you prefer to have to deal with? Um, probably a hundred and I think I'm the same. One. Yeah, better, better in the because heat in 101 you can at least you could go out and sit out on your as miserable as but you're not going to uh, now you're you not going to die. Yeah, frostbite. Yeah, I mean, I would too. I mean, I hate humidity. I hate hot weather, but nothing's worse than minus 15 with. I mean, you you can't do anything. I mean, as long as you bundle up, you know. I mean, you can. Sort and it's easier to air condition a house than heat a house, it, I think. It, yes, I think so, too. It's just, for me, it is. I've had my house at 64, and I know you guys will probably find that really cold, and there's been a few times where I've been chilly, but at 64, even, the heat's been going on every 5 to 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Just to keep it at 64. If, it was, if I had it at 68, it'd be running nonstop. Yeah. So I'm trying to conserve a little bit, but, yeah, it's... It's, um, but no, I did see my nephew tweeted. He lives in da- Frisco, right outside of Dallas. He tweeted that it was 10 degrees there the other day. Well, uh, Patience. Yeah, I keep mine at 60 when I'm not there, and I, I've come in and it's running, so I know that it's really, really cold outside. Normally, it just it, it's cold when I come in, but I can warm it up in like five minutes. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't take me place. long. My house, too, same way. I can we have it in our bedroom, 60, 62, to sleep in. That's great. I mean, I... Well, you provide your own heat, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You bet. It just makes you pile the the covers on, and you're just the... It's the best. I'm right there with you. Hello? Hey, hey, Jim. How about those Packers? How about them Packers? You know, (laughs) went from... from, It's nice to be nominated and squeeze into the the wild card, and wow. 
I was actually cheering for Green Bay because I can't stand Dallas. Man, no, <laughs> I hate Dallas. I've never liked Dallas. I'm not a Green Bay never. fan either, but I like Jordan Love and anything that makes Aaron Rodgers look. Oh worse. yeah, everybody's uh, on the Jordan Love. Uh, Where did train Jordan right Love play? Utah, 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 I believe. And yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is such a dick. Yeah, I just. Well, they're playing Saturday night uh, against the 49ers, yeah. and I don't give them much of a chance. But go Niners! Let's let's see nobody, what happens. Nobody gave them a chance against Dallas. No, that's, you're right about that. Exactly the way I'm saying. You're right about that. Um, another it's game. Just, just a reminder: the last time that we went in as the lowest seed, we played in the Super Bowl that year. That's right. So. That's right. I mean, Jordan Love is pretty good. And now uh, it's two more games that we're playing uh, than the Bears this year, <laughs> which is nice. Which is nice. You know, you guys were talking about Carver. I, one thing I don't get about Carver is why they don't host more events outside of sporting events. It's a great venue with a great, I mean, the sound in there when you go to see a concert, the sound is good. Yeah, they used to do concerts. I, I, I don't know why. I wish I did. Somebody said there was a concert there and there was some damage to the seats. I do remember that. I remember that, and yeah. I think Tommy. But the same stuff exists for concert goers. You get your great, the best seats in the front row. You, know, you want to go get a beer. You got to hike up the steps. yeah. yeah. It's the same challenge, but I get what you're saying. They, you, I mean, have you ever seen a concert at Carver? I never have. Yeah, yeah, I have. But no, there hasn't been a concert at Carver for many. years, has there? No. I took my daughters to see the Backstreet I Boys. I do remember so. though some damage being done. I remember I didn't write it, but at the Press Citizen, I remember writing somebody writing a story about the, they were going to have to consider things moving forward, and obviously it looks like they did. Uh, I mean, the yeah, concert was Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, and the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. And what happened? Um, just people wrecked the place. They tried to make assigned seating, which for that was not going to That's work. That's not going to work. They put folding chairs on the floor, and people just grabbed them and threw them up against the bleachers and broke the bleachers and stuff. And okay. offered so just being a holes. Offered basically said there will be no more concerts while I'm the coach, and then they just never did them again. Okay. So there you go. What I was think- it? Didn't the Red Hot Chili Peppers play down there once too? Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was another one of the shows. Down there. Chili Peppers have been there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I saw saw Paul Simon. That was a good show. I never went to a concert at Carver. You guys were talking about security and that. Not long after it opened, a buddy of mine and I, we may have had a couple of adult beverages and snuck into Carver and went down and tried to shoot on the floor because there was a couple of basketballs there. This is a long time ago. This is 40 years. Okay. And um, we went down. I, I don't know to this day how people make baskets down there because I could never get the depth perception trying to shoot into those baskets with nothing, you know, nothing on the backside to give you a frame of reference. But, hmm. yeah, we got to go down and we shot a few baskets until the uh, women's team was coming out to practice. But, anyway, that's my Carver story. Okay, right. Right. Appreciate, it. Appreciate it. Thanks. See ya. All right, go Hawks. Go Hawks. But no, I give Green Bay a chance against San Francisco. I mean, I think San Francisco is probably going to win, but but yeah, I watched that Dallas. I was actually looking forward to that game. I just have never liked Dallas. No. And um, boy. brother Billy was a big Cowboys fan. Was he? Yeah, yeah. That was impressive though by Green Bay. He, I like their, their coaches. What's his name? Matt Lafleur. Yeah, he's a good coach. Yeah, they they need to get a new defensive coordinator though because they're they're secondary. Maybe they're the reason Phil Parker's got one point nine. The Packers won. <laughs> it could be. Hello. Hey, uh, you forget the worst concert at Carver ever, and that was Guns N' Roses. Uh, Axl Rose was so junked out, he didn't even get, they had a couch on the stage, and he didn't even get get off the couch. Oh, Serious. It was wow. the worst. Oh, yeah, I took my, my now wife, she, we were dating then, and, and she always brings it up how it was the worst concert she'd ever been to. 
and uh, and I have to agree. Wow. There you go. Okay. Thank That's you. a good one. Yep. Oh, hey, remind people to, to uh, dig out. You know, some people have their furnace vents that go out the side of the house yeah. there. And with these drifts, make sure that they got those dug out, you know. Yeah, and, that's uh, good. Yeah, Mine luckily is right by my driveway. And, uh, yeah, I always know that's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up. And, and their dryer vents, you know, make sure that those things are all on. Uh, all the not drifted in. Thanks, guys. I, I like your show. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Yep, thanks. Bye. Yeah, the dryer vents, and then, of course, the thing up on the roof. I was worried that the snow was, you know, that's where all the smoke, mm-hmm. but luckily it never got up to where it covered that and what have you. But, yeah, that's always stuff you got to take care of. You know how the, the bricks are in front of our our, uh, our door? Um, there's there was yes. It was frozen, but it, it, it pulled away, and it looked like a, a, an ice fence. In exactly the same, uh, you know, in all the grooves of where the where the bricks are. Yeah. And I came in this morning. It was just so cool. Oh. I'm trying to think if I have a furnace vent on the side. Of my, the thing I have is on my roof. You know what I'm talking about? Mine the, are, on the, are all on the side. Trying, well, I mean, we have something up on the roof. I'm but. trying to think of where. I'll have to check. But I know my furnace. I know my dryer and furnace. And I dug, dug those out. Yeah. So, But, yeah, no, you gotta be got to be cognizant of all this stuff. Yep. So uh, I know um, women's wrestling has a. We'll talk about it Friday. I know they're hosting something. Yeah, man, duels. They're uh, hosting duels. We'll talk a little bit about that on Friday. I've got a couple calls out to try to get some guests on. I don't want to say anything until I've heard back yet. I wouldn't mind getting Rick Heller on to talk about. I mean, Iowa's ranked twentieth. Ranked, in the, yeah. They're ranked. They're the only Big Ten team ranked. It's been a long time since Iowa has been this highly thought of going into a season. So. Um, so I'll keep you guys posted. When they start their season, only what about five weeks from now? No, it's yeah, it's I mean yeah, that's coming fast. Which is ridiculous to think. Early I mean, about February eighth or ninth is usually about the first game, uh-huh. so about a little, about a month from now. So yeah. that's coming. So, well, everybody, All thanks right. for the calls. Thanks again, Adam Haluska. Great stuff as usual. And we'll be back on Friday. Okay, HawkFanatic.com. Check it out. It's free. Molly Suter is next. <laughs> 